Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. Hello, Ivy Church. Hello, Ivy Church. Welcome to Ivy Church. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. I'm Louise, if you don't know me, and um, today we are continuing our series on true spirituality. We're in Romans 12 at the moment, and today we're looking at verses 9 to 13, and we've called it Serving in Love. We are all about the S's in this series, but so far we've looked at surrendering ourselves to God, we've looked at separating ourselves from the world. We've looked at taking a sober self-assessment in relation to our relationship with others. And today we're looking at serving in love. What does that mean? Well, we're going to be unpacking that shortly, but first let me pray. God, I pray for us today that however we are feeling, whatever we're going through, that we would know you with us. I pray that you would speak clearly. Amen. I'm going to start today by asking you to read aloud the passage of scripture with me. It'll come up on the screen and then we're going to read a different translation. And as we read and we read again, I want you to deliberately make a note of the things that stand out to you from the passage. For yourself, ask Holy Spirit, what is he revealing to you right now before we begin? And it's so important we make a note because we know that when he speaks, that everything changes. So here we go, Romans 12. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Okay, this other version says, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honouring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them always be eager to practice hospitality. There was another translation in verse 11 that said, let the spirit excite you as you serve the Lord. I love that. Some of you might remember that a few months ago, I spoke about love from the book of Corinthians. And in it, I was talking about what real love is and the self-sacrifice we've got to have if we're going to love well. And I gave an example of Noah, my son, who I do believe loves really well, really self-sacrificially. I honestly believe he does that. And I gave you an example of the homeless man who we'd seen and then not been able to buy him anything in the shop because the contactless wasn't working. So he couldn't really get him what he wanted. But the next time we saw him, Noah had remembered his name and he'd remembered exactly what it was that this guy really loves. And I gave that example because I do believe that Noah does genuinely love people just because he loves them. Like he's not doing those things because he's out to get anything for himself. He's doing it because he loves them. 
And that's what we need to be thinking about today as we go through this passage, is that the sincerity of love, the authenticity of love, the fact that we are to hate those things that are not of God and that we are to love one another, to honour one another, to serve the Lord and serve one another. Like they are the key points we're looking at. And we do that because we are self-sacrificing of ourselves. So let's look at this passage again. We're going to pop it back on the screen. And what we've got here from Paul is this really specific guidance for us where what it means to actually live as a Christian, to live in Christ, to be a follower of Jesus, like this is where the rubber meets the road. This is true Christianity as a follower of Jesus where it becomes really real and he takes us into the real where he's saying that you and I are to live every moment of every day. It's like he's spelling out our own personal way of life. He's saying this is what it means to actively live out the gospel and for the world to see we are not the same as it wants us to be, that we're not self-absorbed and we're not all about me. No, it's the exact opposite. Less of me, more of him. And we show the world a much better way of life. A way of life that has genuine, genuine, sincere, authentic love for one another. Not, no putting on some sort of act, just genuine love. And verse 9 gives us an introductory statement to love sincerely and hate what is evil. Verses 10 to 13 describe how love is revealed in different ways. And verse 10 describes the love in Jesus as preferring one another to ourselves and loving them well. Verse 11 talks about the energy and the diligence that's stimulated by this love that helps us to hold firm and help one another. And verse 12 points to the future hope that we have in Jesus, that even in the tough, even in the midst of the really hard stuff life throws at us, in the curveballs we were not expecting, that we do have hope. And finally, 30, verse 13 highlights two particular needs which love should be eager to meet. The need for physical and financial help and the need for hospitality. So let's look at verse 9 and think about the word love for a minute. It says love must be sincere. Or don't just pretend to love others, really love them. How many times a day do you reckon the word love is used? I did Google this, but even Google couldn't give me the answer. But here's mine. I think we use it a lot. You see, often we use the word love to say how we're feeling about something like, oh, I love that outfit. Oh, I really love chocolate. Or I love playing football. Or even I love you. We use it all the time and that's not wrong. And of course, we all have feelings and we will genuinely love those things. But this love that Paul is talking about is much more than a feeling. You see, even the dictionary defines love as a noun and a feeling. But what if we change that noun to a verb? What if we make it an action? How would that change what we do? How would it change what we say, how we say it? How can we act out what it means to love well? Because it's about the actions we're willing to take to demonstrate what we mean by love. So when I say to Gordon, my husband, I love you, I really, really do. But I also need to show him that love in action. Otherwise, they're just words. Love is the heart. It is the motive of the Christian life. 
And Paul uses the word sincere, which is more than just a nice feeling. It's got real depth to it. That means be real, be genuine, unfeigned, unhypocritical. Basically, don't fake it. Don't pretend to be someone you're not. And Paul says that our love for one another isn't, isn't to be like a face mask we put on or role playing, but rather be the real thing, that we should genuinely be desiring God's best for others, but then therefore speak and act towards that goal. And Jesus was referring to this kind of love when he said in John 13, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And as believers of Jesus, we carry God's love within us because it says in Ephesians 5, God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. So Paul gives us ways to do this. He says that true love has to abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. Abhor, it means to literally hate because God hates sin. He hates evil. And you know what? When we meet with Jesus, when we choose him, when we declare his goodness over our lives, when we put him first, when we sing his praises, then the enemy will tremble. To be believers who are being transformed through the renewing of our minds, then we should also hate evil, not tolerate it, but see it for what it is. But then seek what is good and cling to it like our lives depended on it. Jesus said the single most defining characteristic of his church should be love. Your love for each other, he told the disciples, is how the world will recognise that you belong to me. You see, at the end of the day, it's not how we can intellectually defend our faith that will convince the world of the truth of the gospel. It is the love in the church poured out into the community that will be a game changer. For us to be a supernatural community that's all about Jesus, we want to strive to be more like him. And to be more like him, as Paul suggests, we'll honour each other well. That means we'll put one another before ourselves. We'll give respect to each other. We will cheer one another on. We'll give preference to one another. Because Paul is saying that true love doesn't put others down. It lifts up others to a place of honour. And I love how Luke, who leads our youth and the other youth leaders too, had this vision for this very thing. Luke spoke to the youth about the importance of building a culture of honour within the youth. And you know what? They really got it. And I got to see this firsthand over the summer when I went with them to the Limitless Conference and spent a few days with them. Like they really honoured one another in the way they spoke to each other, in the way that they hung out with one another, and the way they invited others in, maybe on the outskirts. But they also served one another so well because each day they had jobs to do, like washing the plates, getting breakfast ready, lunch ready, cleaning the tent, keeping the communal area clean. And they showed respect to the leaders as when they were asked to do something, they did it. They're a cool bunch. Get to know them. Chat to Luke about getting involved. Like, you will not be sorry. But let's look again at verse 11, where it says, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. Serve the Lord enthusiastically. Let the Spirit excite you as you serve the Lord. 
Serving the Lord, not in the past, it's present tense. Be fervent in spirit. And that word means burning. It means hot. So it means that true love is fired up to get involved, to step in and to play its part. And I think what Paul's saying here is that have that fire in your belly that reaches out to others. Don't just go through the motions, but put your heart into it. Let the intensity of love you have for others show. And I reckon that if you do that, that people will see the genuine, sincere love when you have fervency with it. Jesus was the greatest example of serving others that we have ever seen. And if we're striving to be more like him, to ask what would Jesus do, then we need to be willing to do what he would do. So to be more like him means not looking out for ourselves and seeking our own good, but it means looking out for others. And that's one of the things I love most about kingdom living. It is the opposite of self-serving love. It is so countercultural because it's love that serves others. The Bible calls us to serve one another in love. In Galatians 5, it says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Because in this passage, Paul's not describing somebody who needs to be like arm twisted into volunteering for some ministry until finally they feel guilty and they can't figure a way out. So begrudgingly say, okay. He's talking about someone who has zeal and excitement in wanting to serve the Lord. Now, many of us within this church serve so beautifully and so faithfully and thank you for the ways in which you do that. But you know what? There is a part for each of us to play. You are part of one body and the body needs all its varying parts to play their bit. I remember a number of years ago at work as a midwife, I did this acute maternal, a maternal acute illness management course called AIM. And I remember getting home and being like, oh my goodness, our God is so clever because I mean the way he worked all the intricacies of our body to work together, it blew my mind. But I also learned that when there's one part of the body not working well, then other parts also become unwell and therefore the body doesn't function as it should. It starts to shut down. And it's like that for us as the body of Christ. We all have our part to play so that we can be well and be in unity. We can't just be consumers. True love wants us to be contributors and whatever that looks like. Even if it's looking for personal and practical needs in the life of others and stepping in as you see and meet that need. So how should we serve the Lord? Well, firstly, make sure that your motivation is right. You serve him because of his mercy towards us. And that motivation is the very thing that stops us becoming lazy, but that we have a desire to be diligent in serving him. And therefore it becomes our passion as we remember that it's Jesus that we're choosing to serve. As we think about the last couple of verses, we know that we do have hope and his name is Jesus. And when we have hope, it means that we choose to praise him even in the most real and hard and overwhelming trials in our life. And there are some situations that may never be rectified in our lifetime. Yet we do have a hope and that hope enables us to rejoice in every circumstance, the hope of glory. 
And the Holy Spirit helps us to persevere through prayer, even when times are tough, and helps us to serve the Lord despite those trials. In earlier chapters of Romans, Paul talks about hope, hard times, and perseverance, where he says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know clearly that God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. He also goes on to remind us that we should practice or pursue hospitality. To show love to those on the outside and on the inside. To invite them in so that they can experience the love of the Father. And that we take the focus off ourselves and onto them in serving him in this way. Self-sacrificial love. As we come into land, let's think about a couple of things. Paul's telling us we can't just be about us. We can't just take what we want out of being together, but not also giving back something. Not for our own gratification, but because we love the Lord and so we serve him. He is all about action in this, tra- in this chapter. True love acts. We have to be real, pure and outwardly focused. We've got to be devoted to one another and honour each other. But the qualifier to all of this is in serving the Lord. To love with honesty and authenticity is about choosing to spend time with Jesus and to ask him, let me love like you today. Let me see that person the way that you see them. Help me serve you in the best way I can today, Lord. Let me pray and do join in with me. Lord, I thank you that you love me so much. Thank you that through your Holy Spirit in me, I too can carry your love. Help me, Holy Spirit, to be led by you to see where and how I can be used for your glory. Let me love so well just as you do. In your mighty name. Amen.